Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's 5 o'clock. It's 5 o'clock on the most listened to sports talk show for your ride home. What? what? It is time for the Falcons Report. Whoa, whoa. Guns it. Caught. Touchdown Atlanta in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. You shall not pass. The 5 o'clock Falcons Report. Oh, my heaven. The 5 o'clock Falcons Report is brought to you by Jack Daniels. Make it count. Jack Daniels. Please drink responsibly. And sponsored by MD Anderson Cancer Center on Dukes and Bell. We are Dukes and Bell. We start off every day and every by saying, hey, man. Mark Zeno's in from Mike today. Happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas and uh, wishing you and yours the best, guys, as we head towards Sunday. And uh, that means plenty of football Saturday, including, hey, having a wonderful Christmas time. Our Falcons at Ravens. And we bring in Joe Patrick. He covers the Falcons for us here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Joe, d- don't listen to Zeno. I know you like that song like I do. Where's the, where's the Christmas spirit, Zeno? Exactly. No, the, I'm, I'm totally in the Christmas spirit. That song just sucks. <laughs> there are three Christmas songs that should never be played. Wham, that one, and Feed the World. Joe, you love how he exactly said, I'm in the Christmas spirit. <laughs> the angriest Christmas spirit ever. <laughs> don't deny me. I'm in the spirit. All right, I want to ask you first. Does weather affect this game tomorrow and how much? Are, are you worried about that if you're looking at this? Because uh, we've been talking about the line and Desmond Ritter, which we'll get into with you, but it's going to be cold. I mean, we know this, right? It's going to be cold. Yeah. yeah, I think it does affect this game. And I feel like when you talk to players, they're always going to downplay it because, I mean, if you think about it from a player's perspective, what you know, it's not a great look to be like, yeah, you know, we're, you know we got to brace for ourselves for the cold. You don't want to kind of present that front when you're going into a game. But at the end of the day, I do think it, it plays a role in this. And, you know, Desmond Ritter, he was asked about, you know, when, you know, has he played in tough conditions? Obviously, every football player has played in some difficult conditions at the time. But, I mean, he referenced a game that he played against Temple where it was, 32 degrees and kind of sleeting, and that's obviously bad condition. But this is a different level. I mean, obviously, and thankfully, they don't have any wet conditions they're going to have to deal with, but potentially a little bit breezy. And whenever it gets that cold, it's just going to make it more difficult for offenses to function. But I think that, you know, you also have to pay attention to something that Grady Jarrett said this week, which is that both teams are going to be cold. Like, <laughs> the weather does not discriminate against one team or the other. So you got to think about how the weather is going to affect both of these teams and when you look at this Ravens offense, I think it's going to affect them just as much, if not more, because they're going to have, you know, very similar struggles that we've seen the Falcons have team have in the passing game coming in with Tyler Huntley instead of Lamar Jackson. So I think both of the, it's good. The weather is going to affect this game, no doubt about it. And I think we're going to see weather affect a lot of games uh, around the league this weekend. Yeah, uh, I'm wondering how uh, much more Arthur can throw open things up for. Desmond Ritter with the passing conditions the way they are. I mean, listen, he's excellent at handing off. He did it 39 times last week, so I'm sure we'll see a lot of that again. 
Well, I mean, yeah, and I think that, you know, that's the one thing you feel like you got to have going for you for the Falcons. Like, at least this team has been able to run the ball even when other teams know that there isn't much of a passing attack that this Falcons team has. But even when you look at that Saints game, you know, for, you know, this, all the struggles that Desmond Ritter had, obviously not even totaling the 100-yard passing in the game, team still ran for 231 yards. I mean, that is an absurd amount of rushing yards. You know, when you're talking about an NFL you know, game against you know NFL caliber players. Yeah, you can like maybe pull off that kind of imbalance in col- in the college ranks because you have these talent disparities. But I think it really just goes to show how much the Falcons' offensive line has really been, you know, not just dominating games, but really you know just being the the the, the anchor for this team, the thing that you can rely on game in game out. And so I think that that's got to give you a lot of confidence going into a game like this, where you know the weather is potentially going to affect it. And you want to try to, you know, control clock, do all the things that you want to do when you go on the road in the NFL. So I think that despite the fact that, you know, the Falcons certainly have plenty going against them and things they got to work through, issues they got to try to improve upon uh, throughout these last few games of the season, at least you've got something that you feel like you can hang your hat on, which some teams in the Falcons position don't have. Joe, let's talk about Dean Pease. He's been cleared. He's going to be on the sidelines, uh, you know, and he, he worked for that organization at one point. Uh, I just think having him back, We've talked about, you know, starting the game off the way we did against the Saints, and you not you don't make excuses, but I don't know if those plays are giving up if Dean Pease is calling the, the plays. I, I think that the team is a little bit calmer on the defensive side. What's it like to have him back this week and know that, hey, things are going to be good? Yeah, I mean, it's big. And, you know, I think, first of all, you just got to, you know, all these players just have so much love and respect for, for Dean Pease and the, the, the man he is, the coach he is, the mentor he is for them. Um, but then also, obviously, he's one of the, you know, better play callers defensively in this league. And this Falcons defense, especially as of late, I mean, it's it's tough because the results, the wins and losses have not gone their way recently. But when you look at what this defense has done, it's actually been decent. Like, it, it's not been bad, and especially for a team that, you know, is still doesn't have, like, a ton of pieces still, you know, you're, you're working with a rookie middle linebacker and Troy Anderson in the last game, you've got young players in the secondary and kind of all through on every level of this defense. And yet they've seemed to have improved, you know, again, they got to get rid of these explosive plays. And the one that really sticks out is that, that play that Richie Grant made or, or didn't make um, that really just unnecessarily led to a Saints touchdown. You think about how that game would have been different had that play not occurred and how we would be talking about this Falcons team overall if that play had not occurred. But, yeah, it's going to be huge for this team to have DPs back. And I got to say, as just somebody who was there hearing him talk afterwards uh, during, the, during the week this week about the whole experience, um, it's really just heartening to hear him talk about it in the way he did. I mean, it was actually really funny. He had the media kind of rolling, saying that he was, he was laid out and the medical physicians came to attend to him. They asked him where he was, you know, like a, a medical, you know, a medical person would ask somebody who has a concussion. He said he can just read, uh, uh, you know, the Caesar Superdome off the top of the ceiling while, <laughs> while he's staring up at it. So he just, so he just recites what's in front of him, and uh, yeah, good to go. So uh, no, but he was really, you know, good about it and um, tough guy too. Respect him for getting back out there so soon. Joe, uh, the Falcons are mathematically still alive for the playoffs, but that's not really why. We're concerned about this game <laughs> mm-hmm. at all. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the evaluation process so far, uh, what is Arthur Smith saying about 
the evaluation of Desmond Ritter along the way. We, we, we know we're getting all the coach speak out of him, but what's your sense that they're really starting to feel about his development? Yeah, I mean, I think they need to see more. Um, you know, I think that they've been trying to walk a fine line this week of admitting that it wasn't good enough while also not, you know, totally deflating a rookie quarterback after, you know, making his first start in the NFL, which is appropriate, I think. You don't want to deflate your quarterback and say, you know, this was totally not good enough, not up to the standard that we expect. Um, because, you know, the reality of the situation is a rookie is going to come in and, you know, experience something that a rookie quarterback, uh, quarterback has never experienced before in their career when they step up into an NFL pocket. So, you know, I think that they just have to be realistic about the situation. But I think that, you know, you're totally right, Mark, in that, um, you know, this season is about kind of finding out more about some of these players that they have on the roster. Desmond Ritter, Troy Anderson, Arnold Levicati, D'Angelo Malone, like all these rookies they really want to learn more about. And you've got so many guys on one-year contracts. You know, this team can flip over very quickly this offseason, but you want to make sure that you have the right guys, that you're keeping the right guys when you go into that. So that's why these next three games are going to be so important for this team. You want to see them get wins as well, but that's not maybe necessarily why you're what, – what, what you're looking for. That's maybe not – the primary thing that you're looking for out of these games. What you really want to see is improvement from all these guys. I think for Desmond Ritter, I'll go back to it. I mean, I think that you've got to see him connecting on the deep ball. Uh, obviously, the deep ball is going to be something that is a, it's a low percentage throw, just kind of by definition. But it's something that Marcus Mariota was not able to consistently do at all, really, over the course of the season. And I think if this Falcons team is to have any success in Arthur Smith's offense here, you need a quarterback that's going to be able to connect over the top and kind of take the top off of defenses from time to time to make them aware of, you know, just to respect that part of the, the, the Falcons offense, Arthur Smith's offense, so that you can run the ball. Now, fortunately for the Falcons, they've been pretty able to run the ball without being able to, to connect on that deep ball, which, again, is a total credit to the offensive line and the rushing attack in general. But over time, you're going to need to be able to hit on some of those deep balls. That's how you, you know, you become a, an offense that is able to win games where you give up 24 points, 28 points, which this offense right now doesn't seem like you're able to do. It seems like right now this defense kind of has to hold teams under 20 points to have a chance to win a game, and that's obviously not sustainable. So that's the kind of progress they need to see from Desmond Ritter going forward and, and, and creating a connection with some of these receivers that he's got. Joe Patrick joining us, talking about our Falcons, guys, as he covers the Falcons for Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Um, you mentioned the defense. You know, Commanders, you're holding uh, to, what, uh, 13, 19 points. You hold mm -hmm. the Steelers to 19 points. These are games you've lost. You've lost three in a row. And, yeah. you know, you, you lose to the Saints. You hold them to 21 points. We had Troy Anderson on earlier this week. And, you know, I just – I think from a defensive standpoint – I'm not going to tell you that these guys are frustrated, but, yeah, they would like to see the offense be able to score more than 25 a game. I just don't know if we could do that. Is this a get-right spot for the Falcons after losing, what, five of their last six? You would think it is. I mean, especially, I mean, you couldn't really have a better situation facing the Ravens than facing a Ravens team without Lamar Jackson, right? I mean, this Ravens team is really struggling. They haven't scored an offensive touchdown in seven straight quarters and I think I would expect this Falcon defense to once again step up and, and probably hold this team to under 20 points. Again, the question is going to be, can this offense actually generate anything against this Raven defense? Again, playing in this cold weather, wind chill is going to be around zero degrees. Uh, we know what this Ravens defense is historically. And as Dean P said, these, you know, these fans, just the organization kind of 
kind of expect excellence from that side of the ball. So that's obviously going to be difficult. But again, I think that that's a good test for a guy like Desmond Ritter. You want to see what he's made of in these last three games. And so that's why, you know, this game against the Ravens is just a great test to see what you have. It puts him in a different experience, a different environment where you're able to learn more. And that was also one thing when we talked to Dave Ragone this week, you know, you, you just, you've got the sense that this team is really learning a lot about Desmond Ritter specifically, um, just, you know, how he reacts to certain situations in that Saints game. You really get a, uh, you, you get a, a different feel for a player and how they react when they're getting hit and they're actually on the field um, in, in, you know, in the arena, so to speak. So uh, I think it is a big test for this team, but I certainly expect them. I think that they have as good a chance of winning this game as the Ravens do. I mean, I really think, I think it's a true, coin flip because you, when you look at the way that these teams are matched up they kind of have the same strengths and the same deficiencies and I gotta say I think that the one difference and we've talked about it in this interview but the one difference is I would trust the Falcons rushing game over the Ravens rushing game I think mm-hmm. that that could end, end up being the difference in this one if the Falcons end up winning this game is the fans reaction more anger than anything because like the sweet doesn't a sweet spot feel like for Ritter to ball out but them still to lose the game <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it kind of depends on like how, how they were to win it. You know, that was the conversation we were having heading into the Saints game, where it's like if Ritter balls out in the Saints game, you're, you know, kind of happy you won, but also kind of angry that, you know, well, we could have had this for so long. Uh, I think the game has to play out. and we'll, we'll see kind of how people feel about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that there's, you know, it's such an interesting situation that the Falcons team is in with Desmond Ritter at this point in the season because of, you know, the potential that's there. And you just feel like this Falcons team is kind of on the brink. Honestly, I feel like there's a lot more pieces in place at this point than I certainly expected coming into the year. I, I didn't think that the Russian, the, the, the offensive line in particular was going to be looking as solid and as much of a strength as it has been. Uh, and there's a ton of guys you can credit for that, but, um, that gives them a huge leg up when you go into next year. We all knew that this season was going to be about kind of checking boxes and doing things to put yourself in the best position for next year. Uh, but now it's just so tantalizing to your point because you feel like if you just had that quarterback that can kind of tie everything together on the offensive side, then you have the real makings of something that could be really good for next year. And I think that that's what we're all excited to see. And I think that, yeah, to your point, Zeno, it's like that's where it is where if Ritter balls out, you're, you're kind of, um, I don't know, you're, you're, just, you're just feeling like, uh, you're, you're kind of feeling like you could have gotten more out of this season potentially, but um, we'll see how it plays out. You know, you, you never know how these talking points are going to work out until you actually see the game be played. Great stuff, Joe, man. Appreciate you stopping by. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and I look forward to seeing you soon. We'll see what happens this weekend. Thanks, Thanks again. Thanks, Joe. Hey, Merry Christmas to you guys as well. Thanks for having me on. Joe Patrick, guys. want to give a shout-out, too, to Chris Lindstrom. We started the show. We were talking about this. First-round pick. He's 25 years old. I think he's been considered one of the better guards in the league, and now he's getting the recognition for it. You know, um, fourth year. Now does he become a perennial pro bowler and an all-pro kind of guy for you as you continue to develop this offensive line? We know we still have holes on this line. He's going to be here, though. He's a guy that you can build around. Yeah. Chris Lindstrom. All right, coming up, guys, you're going to hear what Jeff Schultz had to say about the Hawks organization. Do you agree with what's going on? And then we're going to replay the entire interview for you in the 6 o'clock hour. But we're going to talk about our Hawks and where we're at right now. It started crazy this week. And I don't think things have gotten any better. The Strong Arm Story of the Day is brought to you by John Foyt Associates Personal Injury Law. 
Hawks get the Pistons tonight down at State Farm Arena. It's Dukes and Bell Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Mark Zeno's been in for Mike this week, and uh, we've been spending a lot of time talking about where this Hawks organization is. One of the guys that stopped by today is uh, Jeff Schultz from the AJC, and we asked him about this, and it seems dysfunctional. I know you've had your your thoughts about where this thing is and what's going on behind the scenes. I want you to hear Jeff, and then we're going to talk about this because – I don't know if it's any better today than it was at the start of the week when Travis Slink decided to step down and uh, the Hawks put out a statement saying, you know, he's still going to be in an advisory role, but Landry's going to take things over from day to day. And you look at the team, they lose the other night against the Bulls. Was there a correct, a direct correlation between those two? I don't know. But I do know this. If you don't come out and play well against the Pistons, people are going to start to think that there is something going on and there is a direct correlation between what's happening with the front office behind the scenes and what's happening on the floor. Nate has to do a better job, but so do these guys on the floor. Here's what uh, Jeff Schultz said to us earlier today. Okay, I I don't mean to avoid the question. (laughs) Okay. But there are some areas and some subjects, areas of subjects that I can't talk about right now because I can't write right now. Um, And I realize even saying that, people are going to think, what the hell, and this and that. But – I will just say that there have been things going on internally in the Hawks organization in the front office for a while, maybe at least since the summer. And, and it hasn't been a good situation. Um, the team hasn't obviously played well. And granted, they've had a lot of injuries. Um, and, and the whole, you know, Travis is not general manager anymore. He's now just the team president. And we're bringing in Landry Fields or, you know, pushing him up to GM. And nobody has a problem with Landry Fields, by the way. He's a young guy, smart guy. Everybody likes him, very good guy. But it all seemed very weird. Tra- Landry still answered to Travis, but Travis was very, very much behind the scenes. He, he, he um, didn't want to be out front, I don't believe. Um, didn't really do media, media stuff, that's fine. Um, so Landry was pretty much the voice on everything, but he still answered to Travis. And now this sort of happens in the middle of a season. And in fact, not even in the middle of the season, we haven't, we're what a third of the way through the season. So it's not a good situation. Um, that on top of all the Trey young stuff that, you know, that, that has happened. Um, Trey himself, Trey's relationship with Nate McMillan, um, Trey, how well is he really blending with DeJounte Murray? Not that they don't like each other or anything, but this, this whole trade was only really going to work if, if they were both great players at the same time on the court. I don't know that we've seen that yet. Usually one or the other has been great, but maybe the other guy was off the court at the time. And so if, if one of them is not giving up the ball or sharing it to the other one and they're not really getting in a flow, it's not, the trade was a bad trade. Um, and if you're not contending at the top of the Eastern Conference, the trade was a bad trade. We haven't even talked about John Collins yet, okay? I mean, we haven't even talked about the salary cap issues or the luxury tax issues they're going to be facing soon. So they got problems. And the unfortunate thing, I'll just wrap up with this, is it wasn't that long ago when they were the young darlings of the NBA, <laughs> the rising, young, talented, fun team. Mm-hmm. And, and it would not shock me if things got worse before they got better. Um, but we'll see how they play the rest of the year. We'll see what happens you know, before, the all, before the All-Star break and, and before the trade deadline. Um, Tony Bressler is, is he's, he's similar to Arthur Blank in that he's emotionally and financially invested. He's also similar to Arthur Blank in that he doesn't have a lot of patience. So, um, 
So we'll see. We'll see how it how it plays out the rest of the year. But I, I will just say that I'm I don't feel really good about the Hawk situation right now. All right. That was Jeff Schultz earlier today from the Athletic talking to us, Zeno. Um and a lot to digest there. Because mm-hmm. when he says he can't write about it, what he's basically telling you is that there are some things that may not have transpired yet that he wants to put out there that he can't, but there's a lot of turmoil going on. How much? I don't know. But it's enough to make me feel concerned about the product on the floor, which is, see, see good organizations, you can have some of this stuff going on, but the product on the floor is not affected. And in other organizations sure. – it's not necessarily the case because if, if what, what, what I'm going to perceive as to what Jeff is saying, okay, and you guys can take this for what you want, the decision-making process and, and who's going to buy the groceries, all right, the great Bill Parcells talked about this. Who's buying the groceries and then more importantly, how are you putting these pieces together? It's not even more about the coach. It's, it, he has a great point about why we have seen struggles with Trey and DJ on the floor at the same time, and then there have been games where they look great together, is it just a matter of, hey, give them more time. They need 10 to 15 more games under their belt together on the floor because DeJounte was hurt. He got injured, and then he was out for a while. Did, I don't did, know if that's it, Zeno. Did you notice that Trey's shooting got better when DeJounte got hurt? Yeah, because he got back to playing the Trey way Ball. Trey was. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, you deduce, you deduce from that what you want. And this is where the organizational – and philosophical differences have sort of derailed the Travis Schlenkic, you know, tenure here. I mean, it, what it boils down to simply is, and, and my guess is only speculation, that it centers around 11. And it centers around whether he is here or he's not, whether he's the piece or he's not. Um, and you start to get the sense in general, just from watching, that he's not the one guy you build around. He's the 1A, right? He's the Kevin Durant. He's the, the, the second guy supplementing the main guy. That's the sense that I get just from the way things have unfolded throughout his career. And when you come to that acknowledgement, you come to that reason, well, then you have to start to question whether, you know, how is he going to take, how is he going to take somebody else bigger than him coming in here to be the, the lead dog pulling the sled? Or do you move on from him? Because there's no denying he's the best player on the floor for the Hawks anytime he's out there. But that doesn't mean he's the best fit for the Hawks every time he's out there. And that, that's what front offices have to juggle. Because sometimes it's not about the best talent. It's about the best fit. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I totally agree. I, I don't, I, thank you, Nate. I don't think Golden State has won all these chips because they necessarily had all the best players on the floor all the time. No. It is, it's, it's absolutely about the fit. Listen, last year, part of this fit was Jordan Poole. Part of what Jordan Poole brought to the Warriors last year mm-hmm. is why they were able to win another chip. He's not one of the top ten players in the league. So, you know, the, those things matter. The guys you're bringing off the bench, the bogeys of the world, all this stuff, the A.J. Griffins we're seeing play really well and at a high level, those are the fit things that we're talking about. But you still need – superstars, stars at the end of games to make those critical buckets, to make those plays, those game-winning plays. And that's what separates these elite teams from the other ones. Mm -hmm. That's why we're talking about Jason Tatum maybe being the MVP this year because he's playing like it. He's making all the right plays, doing all the right things, and his team is winning. Winning is what this is all about. 
And Atlanta, at the end of the day, that's all I want. That's all you want. And if that means change has to happen, then it does. If we get to a point where we're seven or eight years in this and we're going, man, we should have did this. We've been there with the Falcons. We've talked about these situations. We should have moved on from Julio. Yeah, we should have. I don't want to be in that situation with the Hawks where we have a really good team and yet we feel like, well, we can't get over the hump for whatever reason. It's early for me to point the finger at Trey. And somebody got at me on Twitter today, Zeno, and they said, you're just running with this. No, these are facts. You just heard them from Jeff Schultz. Yep. My sources have told me as much. Just because it's out there now and you don't like it doesn't mean that it's not true. 100%, right. yeah. We got more to get to, man. Plenty more to talk about. We're going to let you hear from one SEC coach who talked about the transfer portal and didn't like the line of questioning he was getting. And also, Kirby stopped by the station today. We'll talk about what he had to say as they get ready for Ohio State as we continue our road to the college football playoff here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. If sports news breaks, get all the info here first. Our exclusive team of sports insiders gets you the facts before anyone else. If breaking news matters to Atlanta, get our exclusive coverage here First, breaking news on 92.9 The Game is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Hey, guys, it's Carl Dukes. Reliable heating and air. I told you winter was coming. Winter is coming. And it did. It showed up and you went outside and you were like, woo-wee. At least that's what I did. Isn't there a big difference between like 30 and 8? <laughs> like when you go, oh, it's going to be below freezing. And then you go outside and you're like, Man, is this single digits? There is a big difference. And there's a big difference the toll it takes on your heating components as well because it takes a little bit more to get going. And if those components haven't been checked out and you haven't serviced your unit, then you're probably behind the eight ball. And that's why you need to call Reliable Heating and Air. 770-594-9969. They can come out. They can check it out. And maybe you've been running that thing tonight or last night, should I say, and you're going, man, I don't know. It's just not putting out enough heat for me. Make sure you call the folks at Reliable Heating and Air, and you can save money with Comfort as a Service or the Comfort Club program like so many folks here in Georgia are doing, guys. They're saving on their heating and cooling systems. And if you need a new furnace, you can get one for $59.99 a month, zero down, low monthly payments. I don't know about you, but it's cold outside, and I'm warm inside with Reliable Heating and Air. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better. Because my all new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We talk about it every day here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Dukes and Bell, Mark Zeno's in for Mike. I, uh... I'm so anxious, Zeno, for this matchup between the Dogs and Ohio State. But I want to recap something real quick because the Dogs got a lot better yesterday. You know, they had a great signing day. Day one, we had Connor Riley on, uh, Connor Riley from Dog Nation talking about this on Wednesday. But then, you know, yesterday they added a couple more guys. Defensive lineman Jordan Hall, transfers in, wide receivers Ra-Ra Thomas and Dominique Lovett. Here's the thing about Lovett. Um, Thomas and Lovett, Mississippi State and Mizzou, Mizzou, they were in the portal. And so you're talking about now getting a, a guy that was a top 60 player that picked Georgia over the likes of Florida, Alabama, and LSU in the portal. So Georgia gets some more firepower moving into next season. And this guy's got already SEC experience. And, you know, it just it, it tells you what, what Kirby has done there. Now, Kirby was on the Steakhouse early today here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game with Rusty and uh, Sandra and Drew, all those folks. We're talking with Kirby about a variety of things. Go check out the interview online at odyssey.com. But, Zeno, here's the thing. Outside of Jalen Hyatt, who has declared he's going to go pro, that's the kid from Tennessee, no one had more deep receiving yards in the SEC than Lovett, and now he's a dog. Yeah, I mean, look, um, Kirby knows how to keep the cupboard full. And that's what winning does. That's what winning you know, national championships and going to the college football playoff routinely does for you. You know, Kids want to go there and play. They want, they want to be part of a national champion. So... Um, all the credit to him. He's always been a great recruiter, always, right? Yep. Like, so let, let's not underscore just the fact even, that – Even going back to Alabama. Like, he was bringing yeah. in, helping bringing in those dominant defenses when he was working for Nick Saban. 100%. So this is not a, a, a one-off by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, Kirby's built a machine here, and it works, and everybody buys in, and, you know, that's why he's not one of the highest-paid coaches in America. Yeah, and here's the other thing. We talk about the portal. I just find this interesting because they don't have to go into the portal like some other schools no. do. But when they do, they're getting these kind of quality guys that it's kind of pick your choice and pick of who you want to go get. And they get some of the top guys in the, in the portal. That's the thing. If I'm going to go in there and I got guys that are interested in, te- you know, players that are interested in coming to Georgia, I can pick and choose. And so you get, you know, a couple of really good wide receivers, Hall, uh, a good player as well, Jordan Hall. I think this is going to be one of those classes we talk about in a couple of years. You go, oh, yeah, I remember hearing that name. Because that's what he's done now. Every year you're like, oh, yeah, Keely Ringo a couple of years ago. Yeah, I remember when they signed him. Mm-hmm. Now you see Keely Ringo, and he may be a, a top NFL prospect in the spring. I, I think he will be. Um, let, let me let you guys hear Jimbo Fisher. Speaking of being in the portal, the Texas A&M co- uh, coach got a little heated when he was asked about the transfer portal situation for A&M. And the, like I say, the, the problem with all of it is there's no consistency in rules. And then when you get into the portal, there's so much tampering going on. It's, it's utterly ridiculous. I mean, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke in the rolling college football. 
And like I heard the, I the coach of UTSA the other day, I think he was, I mean, those guys there, and all of a sudden everybody's robbing their players and taking their, I mean, using them, I mean, that level of players. At, at that, I mean, we, this is not good for college football as far as how it's done. Okay. Is he wrong? And by the way, didn't Nick Saban, I thought he was going to go down the Nick Saban route where he was like, ah, everybody's paying for their players because that's what Saban said last year. A&M did not have the kind of recruiting class that they had last year. Last year they had the number one class in the country. Yep. A lot of those kids have left, by the way, dispersed around the country because of the things that were going on at A&M. Because they don't want to play offense there? Uh, there's a variety of things. But is Fisher wrong? Is this good for college football? If you've got all this tampering and all this stuff going on and all these coaches – Everybody can't be telling the same lies, you know. No. Uh, okay. I mean, there's a difference between it being bad and needs to be regulated. On the macro, it's good. Like, ki- more kids playing and getting more playing time is better for the sport. Right? So, if you got a high-end Power 5 got a team transferring down to a low-end Power 5 or a high-end Group of 5 guy transferring up to a low-end Power 5, that's better for both of them. That's better for the universe, that whatever school they're going to. And it's better for... The football overall, because you're getting more athletes, a better chance to play. So the transfer portal is good. Does it need to be regulated? Does it need to be policed somehow? Yeah, they need to figure out a better way to do it. Um, what that looks like, I couldn't tell you right now. Yeah. But coaches sitting there whining, saying there's no rules. Well, you know, if there are no rules, then what value system are you holding to? Like, I'm not asking you to break your values. I'm not asking you to – if there are no rules, what what – you have to be more specific that you're upset about. Are they just better at bending the non-rules than you are? Is that what you're saying? Well, listen, isn't there an unspoken integrity among coaches? Like don't hit a guy who's already up there and say, hey, do you want to come play here? Yes. They're supposed so to they, they be. they don't want tampering. Yeah, right. They're, they're supposed that to you be. You can't contact an athlete until technically they're in the portal. Right. And, and if you're telling me that guys are getting contacted and offered gobs of money, NIL money, collective, collectives money, and these coaches are saying, wait a minute, why are you contacting these guys? Why are you talking to these guys? I think the integrity level that they're looking for is uh, among, you know, among thieves, right? There's got to be some honesty there. I don't know if there is, and some coaches would tell you, look, everything's fair game. If these kids are going to the portal and I'm interested in him, I, I want to talk to him, I want to know what he wants or what he needs, I-, I think that's how a lot of these coaches are looking at it. But I'm also hearing from a ton of guys around the country that are saying the same thing Jimbo is saying. And, you know, he's got his own special flair, right? It's a joke. This is not good for college football. But it's not. I don't think it is. Not currently constructed. Not the way it's currently constructed. The problem is all these coaches will tell you, you're either in it or you're not. I mean, Brent Key came on our show right after he got the Georgia Tech job and was like, this is just a part of it. You go recruit. You're in the portal. If you're not, you're losing out. If you're going to choose to say, hey, that's not how we're going to do things, unless you're recruiting at a level of Alabama or Georgia, right, every mm-hmm. year where you don't have to be in the portal, but most of these schools do. I mean, Dion didn't take the Colorado job. You just took a job. You've got to go in the portal and get some guys. You just got to do it. I, I don't disagree. You have to make the transfer portal part of your roster construction. If it's not, you're failing. You're failing. So you can't not put it in there. You can't not – acknowledge that that has to be part of, of how you're going to build your team each and every year. Uh, and again, there is there should be, more often than not, there should be a consistent pipeline for quarterbacks in the transfer portal because it's easier to see a guy who has played in college at a certain level 
just like it is in the NFL. It's easier to take an NFL starting quarterback and move him somewhere else than it is to develop a rookie. Uh, it's easier to get an already starting quarterback guy in and make a couple of tweaks to his game, per se, that you think, than whether the guy's a three, four, or five-star recruit develop a, a an incoming freshman. So the quarterback thing in the pipeline in, in the transfer portal really is a, uh, you know, a thing. Well, look at JT Daniels. Dog fans, remember when, when JT Daniels decided to transfer to Georgia and you were like, oh, USC, top quarterback in the country. And he goes to West Virginia. He's going to finish at Rice. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but, <laughs> and again, I don't know if this is an indictment of JT Daniels and, and what he is or wasn't, but, you know, you go, to, you go from USC to Georgia to West Virginia now to Rice. How is that good? Go well, out. You know, you know what I mean? Again, this goes back to, okay, so here you want some parameters? Yes, I Again, want parameters. Age parameters. Like, you, can, you can't spend more than six years in college. Oh, you only get to answer the transfer portal twice. That's it. Wherever you land on your third school, you're out. You're done. Two times. Two times. So, one, I went to the wrong school or the coach left, I'm yep. out. Second time, I'm not seeing playing time, I'm going somewhere else. And then that's it. That's it. Okay. You, get, you get two enters into the transfer portal. Like, that's the kind of stuff you can regulate it with. So you don't have that situation. JT Daniels, by the way, 17 and 12 as a starter. Georgia's won a national championship and may win another one. <laughs> so my point is... He won two of those games last year. Well, I know, but but you, you get into these situations where we start talking about who's better and, you know, who's there in that quarterback room and who's going to take this thing over and how good are they going to be. Stetson Bennett has been way better. Now, has his team been better? If, if JT Daniels decided to stay here and maybe compete, would he have won the job? I don't know. But this is the kind of stuff we're talking about. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Wanted you to hear Jimbo Fisher. I think Jimbo's on to something, and I think you're going to hear a lot more coaches say exactly what he's saying, and that is it's not good. It's not good for college football the way it currently is. All right, coming up, top three at six. We'll get you caught up on the big stories of the day, and then we're going to hear – the entire interview that we had with Jeff Schultz talking about the Falcons, he gave us an interesting perspective on Desmond Ritter and how the Falcons may be looking at him. It's coming up in the 6 o'clock hour on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Is the bluebird, stay, is a new bird, okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 